All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the pod. We got some topics to talk about today. Speaking of today, it is uh, Friday, January 29th. I know there's a huge slate of games, but it's only 7 o'clock. So I don't, I haven't seen any of the games yet. I don't know if something crazy happens tonight. I just wanted to record this in real quick. And we got a lot of topics. So first thing we want to talk about some good news. Um, we're normally pretty negative on this podcast. So it's good to have good news. Karis had successful surgery. He should be back relatively soon, which is a great thing to hear. Um, and the Pacers... The Pacers are going to be a, a serious team, you know. I'm thinking this Pacers team is going to be a lot like Vio's All-NBA year where they push LeBron and the Cavs to um seven games. And I think that's completely possible for them to do this year. It's just, you know, push a really good team. Like maybe, a, I don't know about a Brooklyn Nets team, but push, you know, a good team in the East to a six or seven game series and still end up probably being a first round exit. <sighs> Excuse me, but being a memorable first round exit, you know. Um, but I brought up the Nets. We'll get it out of the way because I feel like I talk about the Nets every podcast, and that's the last thing I want to do is talk about the damn Nets. I saw so many tweets, and I saw two reports on Twitter that were like, Andre Drummond has asked the Cavs front office multiple times for a buyout so we can go to Brooklyn, and I'm putting this on the podcast right now. I don't care about team chemistry. I don't. If you have Andre Drummond on this um, Nets team and they don't win a championship this year, it's one of the greatest disappointments in NBA history. Deadass. Because you can argue that's a big four. You can argue that that is a big four. You probably won't get that far with an argument, but you can argue that, that there is a big four there in Brooklyn. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, off rip, I just want to say fuck you, Campbell Walker. Uh, nothing personal. Actually, it, it, no, it's nothing real personal. I just think the Celtics made a bad decision by signing him to a max contract. Um, he got stripped by DeJounte the other night, which I understand is one play in an isolated incident in a regular season game, but it speaks to a larger problem. He's not what this team needs. We have, like, I just, just get us a damn center, please, please, please. That's all, that is all I am asking for, is for them to get us a damn center, you know? Because if we're able to get a center, then, you know, we're going to be amazing. Um, here, do I have any topics about the Bucks that I need to talk about? No, nothing on the Bucks, right? Unless I'm tripping. Nothing on the Bucks. Bases I already talked about. Nets I already talked about. Celtics I already talked about. Sixers. Sixers. Top of the East. I didn't even talk about them yet. Um, so Tobias called game against the Lakers the other night. Uh, again, I think Doc Rivers needs to get way more nods for Coach of the Year, at least more open consideration for Coach of the Year, because the Sixers gave the Lakers their first road loss of the year. It was a great game. And I assume that Doc Rivers drew up that play. Get the switch on to Caruso. And, uh, have Tobias just go to work. And Tobias has been killing it this year, man. I was one of those people that was highly critical of Tobias Harris, especially in the playoffs against the Celtics, because I was like, he needs to step up, you know? And he's done this so far this year. 26 and 3 on extremely efficient shooting. Wow. Damn, look at all the teams Tobias Harris has played for. That's crazy. So he's just been he has been killing it this year for Philly. No cap, bro. And in, in, in that game, I had it written, da- written down as a bead scary injury, but I don't think he got injured. I just think he got he fell really hard on his back or something, and that was that was scary. I saw it in 
um, Instagram. I was like, damn, I hope Embiid's okay, man. Because it's, it's always sucks when great players get hindered by injuries. You know, your Penny Hardaways, your Grant Hills, um, even your DeMarcus Cousins. You know, it, it sucks when the best players aren't able to play. You know? Um, here. Now, there's obviously the juicy stuff that you guys are going to want me to talk about. Bradley Beal, Alonzo Ball. Um, but I have a couple other things that I want to talk about before we get into the Bradley Beal thing. And before we get into the Alonzo Ball thing also. Um, this is important to note. Let me just finish running through the East real quick. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Oh, oh, this is an interesting discussion. I was listening to Through the Wire today. I don't even think I finished the episode, honestly. But I was listening to Through the Wire today, and I was either Kenny or Pierre brought up the point of, like, right now, would you rather have Ben Simmons or prime Draymond Green starting at your power forward? And I was driving home from school, and I was like, I would so much rather have prime Draymond Green, right? I would so much rather have prime Draymond Green. Let me look it up on Basketball Reference, but prime Draymond Green. Like, I'm not talking triple single Draymond Green. I'm talking all-star defensive player of the year. Hello? Hello, Basketball Reference? Oh, my God, dude. Why does my computer crash, like, literally every time I try to record this podcast? This is so annoying. My computer deadass is, like, not working. Shout out to the schools for giving me a shitty Chromebook. Like, you know... I'm talking all-star Draymond Green, who used to shoot 38% from three. Yeah, he was actually never a really good three-point shooter. Uh, apart from 2016, he was not a good three-point shooter. But then I'm talking 2016 Draymond Green. 49% from the field, 38% from three, averaging 14. Oh, my God. 14, 9, and 7 with a steal and a block per game. Where's his defensive player of the year? He won it in 2016-2017, which is the year he averaged two steals, a block, eight rebounds, and seven assists. Stats were actually worse the next year. But they had... No, that was the 73-9 season, so... Yeah. Um, and I brought this up at the PlayStation party with my friends, and a lot of them said Ben Simmons. And my basic argument is, okay, what does Ben Simmons bring to the floor that Prime Draymond Green doesn't? What does he? Because I'll tell you what Draymond brings that Ben Simmons does. A, higher basketball IQ. B, a team leader and a locker room guy. C, stretching the damn floor. Y'all remember in Game 7 against the Cavs and... <laughs> Draymond was smacking that thing. Draymond had like 40 in game seven against the Cavs for no reason. For no reason. It was insane. It was the only reason that that game seven was close. But like, that's my main argument is the damn shooting at my power forward. Because like, they're both going to bring you the defense, right? Prime Draymond Green was defensive player of the year. Prime Ben Simmons, well, the Ben Simmons we have right now is a defensive player of the year candidate. And I just... I, I, I thought it wasn't even close. I thought it wasn't even close. I thought that there was a wide margin there. And this speaks to a bigger problem. Because overall in the podcast, when they brought up Ben Simmons, they were talking about at what point in players' careers do we go, okay, this is the player that we have. Okay, this is who he's going to be for his career. And are we at that point in Ben Simmons? I know he's only 24. And that's very young. It's very young to project someone's, and it's very kind of stupid to project someone's career off of 24 years old. But where do you want to see him 
playing. They were talking about Donovan Mitchell and how Donovan Mitchell could round out his game here. Well, the only thing Ben Simmons needs to do is A, be more aggressive, and B, add a damn jump shot. And we haven't seen any of it. He's been in the league for four years. We haven't seen any signs of either of those, ever. So why are we expecting it to happen in the next three years? If it hasn't happened at all in the first four years when you're supposed to be getting better and better, why would it happen in the next three years? Why? The only way that we are going to be able to see Ben Simmons improve is if he's not next to Joel Embiid. And I I also brought up this point, right? I brought up this point to myself in my head. And I was like, when Kevin Durant got injured, because they were talking about they want to see Ben Simmons, or Kenny was talking about how he wants to see Ben Simmons aggressive on a more consistent basis, which is a really good point to make. It's true. We have seen, you know, one or two, maybe three games in a row where Ben Simmons is out there dogging, but then he goes back to normal Ben Simmons. I compared it in my head to when Kevin Durant got injured, Russell Westbrook stepped in. And we were all like, he is really effing good. So when Kevin Durant left for Golden State, we were like, Russ for MVP. This kid can win an MVP. He's going to win an MVP. If Joel Embiid were to leave him free agency today, we would say, oh, now we get to build around Ben. We wouldn't say, oh, MVP for Ben. You know what I'm saying? And I understand that Ben's 24. Russ was, what, like 28, 29? But still, it's like the same concept to me. Is that right now, Ben Simmons is like is without a doubt a top 30 player in this league. But is he still top 20? I don't know. I don't know. Because the top 20 guys to me are guys that are either a really good number 1 option or a, like a, a good number 1 option or a really really good number 2 option. And to me he's Benson is not that good of a number 2 option. And I'm starting to my faith in him is starting to dwindle a little bit. Which is sad because I'm a huge Ben Simmons guy. I love Ben. I love the six ten point guards. I love the big point guards, <laughs> like Penny Hard. Penny Hard was my favorite player of all time then. So seeing these big point guards is really fun for me, and I like it. You know, motherfucker, six ten should not be doing what he's doing basically. But it's sad. I, I'm really starting to lose my faith in him, and I really do think that. The Sixers are going to regret the James Harden deal and not pulling the trigger. And I understand Tyrese Max looks really good. Trust me, he cooked my Celtics. I know he looks good. But I don't know, man. I don't know. That was that was that's all for the Sixers talk. I think that's all I have to say in terms of the Eastern Conference. Um, for right now. Besides the fact that the Raptors are starting to win again and no one's talking about it. Hornets are still playing well. I submitted, ooh, all-star voting. I submitted my first all-star ballot today um, while I was in class, you know, school. <laughs> the group chat started popping off when all-star voting was up. And I had, okay, so for the East, I had Jalen Brown and Bradley Beal as my backcourt. I was hoping Jalen Brown would actually be listed as a small forward so I could put Zach Levine in, but he wasn't. And then for my front court, I had Tatum, Hayward, and Adebayo. Beal's leading the league in scoring. He needs to get into the All-Star game. He averaged 30-8 last year, didn't get in. I was one of those guys, though, that was kind of like, eh, I don't know. But my philosophy has since changed. Jalen Brown, I'm a homer, but also he's playing like an All-Star. Jason Tatum, playing like an All-Star, even though he hasn't played a ton of games so far. Um, Gordon Hayward has been playing like a demon this year, and he needs to get some All-Star votes. He needs to get some love for that. Um, And then Bam Adebayo is playing better than ever. In terms of the West, my backcourt was Luka and Lillard. 
I don't know what else you can say. Um, my front court was B.I., Christian Wood, and Jokic. Jokic is obvious. He's an MVP candidate. Brendan Ingram's putting up stats just like last year. He's playing amazing. Um, I've tried to trade for him in fantasy about 50 times, but I can't. And then Christian Wood's just balling out of his mind, and he needs to get recognition. And I don't know. Who was it? One of my friends was like, oh, shoot. Let me check the group chat. Because he said something about picking... Um, B.I. over somebody. He said B.I. over Kawhi. And I was like, well, this isn't about, like, obviously Kawhi's going to be an all-star. deserves to be an all-star. But B.I. needs to get these votes. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all I'm saying. The Pistons. Pistons? The Pistons are not exactly like the Thunder. Because the Thunder are that team that you're having an ideal rebuild, right? You have a young guy in Shea, you have some older vets that are good, and your team's competitive night in and night out. The Pistons aren't exactly that, but the Pistons win some bullshit games. And that's really fun if you're a Pistons fan. Like, they beat the Lakers the other night, they beat the Sixers a couple times, like, they beat my Celtics. Like, the Pistons have gone out and beaten really good teams that they had no business beating. And I think that that's really fun. At least it is for Pistons fans. Um, to wrap up the East, I just want to talk about the Cavs real quick because I just watched a switch out video about Kevin Love and Bradley Beal, basically. Kevin Love, man. Um, it's sad, right? Because Kevin Love is is one of the best players in the early 2010s. He won a ring. He did all these great things in Minnesota. He did some good things in Cleveland. But what are you going to do? Like, what do, what do you do with Kevin Love right now? Kevin Love's contract is crazy big for the fact that he is not a very high-value player. Kevin Love's contract is... It's it's one of those ones that if you want to trade for Kevin Love because he signed this extension with Cleveland after LeBron left, which was a dumb decision. When he signed it, I was like, that's really stupid for both sides. Anyway, that contract is so large that you are like, if you're the Trailblazers or if you're a different contender that wants to get Kevin Love, you're going to have to move significant pieces to get him. And Kevin Love is not worth significant pieces. Kevin Love is going to end his career in the land no matter how much he wants to get out, you know? And Swish Out, Swish Out made a great point. Swish Out made a great point in his video that was like, as much as it sucks that these players are stuck in bad situations, they do it to themselves, right? Bradley Beal signs the extension. Damian Lillard signs the extension. Kevin Love signed the extension. Kevin Love signed it like 20 days after LeBron left. What are you doing, K-Love? What are you doing? You know? That's... I just thought that was an interesting point that, yeah, yeah, it sucks that these players are put in these situations, but at the end of the day, the players put themselves in these situations. Guys like LeBron, guys like Kevin Durant, they sign two, three-year contracts because they know that they're going to be hot shit no matter what. It's fucking Kevin Durant. He's coming off an, he was coming off an Achilles injury and still got a max contract because it's Kevin Durant, you know? And Kevin Love is obviously isn't in the echelon of those players, but Kevin Love is not just going to somehow spit out a minimum because he got a wrist injury. Like He's still going to get good money. Um, I guess that brings me to talking about Bradley Beal. So let's talk about Bradley Beal. Right now the Wizards are the worst team in the league. The worst team in the league in terms of 235, in terms of win percentage. Um, this is actually funny. It said I wrote down Bradley Beal getting more and more frustrated. Russ is dead ass washed. And this was when did I record the last pod? Tuesday? 
I think it was Tuesday that I recorded the last pod. Um, I can't even check right now. Okay. I think it was like Tuesday and I wrote it down on Tuesday and then like Wednesday and Thursday they played and they got blown up by the Rockets and they were just like the, I wrote this down early in the week that Bradley Beal getting more and more pissed off and more and more frustrated. And then it just became true as the week rolled on. There were more pictures of him sitting on the bench looking like he wanted to, he wanted out. A reporter asked him if he was frustrated. He said, is the sky blue? Like Bradley Beal is really done in Washington and, and I'm happy and I'm sad, right? Because the Wizards have some dope uniforms, so I always love when the Wizards are good. But free my man, Bradley Beal. Um, I think that a great spot for him would be Philly. I don't know exactly what Philly would give up, because you're not giving up Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal. I'm sorry, Bradley Beal is really good. I am not giving up Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal. I know I just sat here and said that my faith in Ben Simmons is dwindling by the day, but I am not giving up Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal. Fuck to the no. So do you give up Tobias Harris, a guy that's been balling out all year? And is that much of an upgrade because Tobias Harris is a plus defender? If if somehow, somehow, and I don't even think they would be able to make the money work. Oh, yeah, I guess they wouldn't be able to make the money work. They would have to move either Simmons or Tobias, right? Because Simmons on a massive contract. Simmons got his extension and B got his bag. <sighs> Tobias is the most overpaid player in the league. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, who do you move? You don't really have any horrible contracts anymore. So maybe Bradley Bill to Philly isn't really realistic, but I'm trying to think of places that he could go and contend in. And my friend, we were talking about this in PlayStation Party. Straight up, one for one, would you trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal? And I said, hell no. Bradley Beal in a vacuum, I don't even know if he's better than Jalen Brown. Offensively, yeah, he's better, but overall as a player, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm willing to I'm willing to die on this hill. I'm willing to die on this hill. Because Jalen Brown is putting up 27 points and amazing defense this year. Bradley Beal spent on 35 points. So which would you rather have on your team? I'm taking the 27 and amazing defense over the 35 points per game. That's just me. Maybe that's just me. But that overall, I mean, that creates this this I mean, he could go to the Bucks, right? Because I would if he could go to the Bucks if I moved Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton. And if I'm the Bucks, I'm moving Drew Holiday for him in an instant. But there aren't a ton of teams out there that. I mean, he could go to the Heat, right? Because the Heat are the Heat are down bad. They're six and twelve right now. They're not playing well. But whose contract are you going to move to get him? Kelly Olenek, like, the Heat would have a hard time, I mean, actually, you could try, probably entice them with Precious, Precious has been killing it, but it'll be interesting, we'll see if Bradley Beal actually requests a trade, because at this point, he should, at least Dame's competitive, you know, Bradley Beal ain't competitive, man, what's the point, what is the point, you've given Washington, every, Brad, I know you're listening right now, so, just get the hell out, I want to see you compete again, man. I was a huge John Wall fan, Brad, and uh, it sucks. It's 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 funny. It's funny, right? Because I, when the John Wall trade happened, I was like, "Oh my God, the Rockets fleeced the Wizards." That's what I said in my head. I don't know if I came on the pod and said it. I don't know if I tweeted it out, but in my head, I was like, "They got John Wall and a first for Russell Westbrook." Are you kidding me? 
And it's looking like, yeah, because Russ is, Russ is, Russ is just, he is not the same player, man. And I don't know if it's a fit. Like, the fix last year was get rid of Clint Capella. <sighs> the Wizards can't just get rid of Mo, Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner, sorry. The Wizards can't just, you know, trade away these players and just accommodate for Russ because they're trying to develop something here. And I don't. I don't know what the hell the Wizards do. This is okay. This will bring me over to the Western Conference, but because this is a topic on Twitter about the Timberwolves, I don't know what they do right now. Wow, the Pelicans suck. Who would have guessed it? Oh, me. <laughs> That's why you listen to this good content. Timberwolves. My my guy Pierre from Through the Wire was talking on Twitter the other day to a Timberwolves fan. They were going back and forth about how. Oh, first of all, the the question he tweeted out was, "Hey, Celtics and Wolves fans." If y'all were to trade, like, if it was on the table, Caffrey, Jalen Brown, straight up, would you do it? And I said no. I said no as a Celtics fan because Cat's great. Don't get me wrong. Cat is arguably the most talented offensive big man we have ever seen. Arguably. You know? Because he's a, he's a three-level dead-eye. But that that's not what we need at our center position. We need a good defender at our center position. Cat's not stopping Bam. Cat's not stopping Embiid. So why the hell are we trading for him if it's not going to help us get out of the East? We would have to pray to God that we match up with the Nets. That's what we would have to do. And even then, after we match up with the Nets, we have to go through a team with a good center. I mean, the Bucks don't have a good center, but it's Giannis, you know, who should be playing center. So I thought that was an interesting thing. And then... A Timberwolves fan, like, and Pierre started going back and forth at it. Because Pierre was basically arguing, you know, the Timberwolves suck with Carl Anthony Towns. And they have this entire time, throughout his entire career. And what the hell does Minnesota do, right? Because unless Cat takes some sort of leap that we don't see him taking, which is a defensive leap. And he doesn't need to take a defensive leap. Cat does not need to take a leap at all. What is the ceiling of this Minnesota team? What is it? Really? I mean, Jared Vanderbilt's a dog. Don't get me wrong. He's been killing it. But he's not starting power forward on even a playoff team, in my opinion. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is a great player. One of my favorite point guards in the league. We kind of know what you're getting from him. And that's a relatively efficient scorer. And that's about it. A guy who can play off ball, but is most effective when the ball's in his hands. And a properly rated playmaker, which is he's good, but he ain't great. Anthony Edwards, if he pans out, which is looking like he will. So call me on my shit, Anthony Edwards. Go talk your shit. I've been slandering you a lot. And he pans out and he's, you know, a couple time all-star or whatever. What is the ceiling for this team, man? Because that's not a championship core to me. Three guys that are all complete non-defenders is not a championship core to me at all. It's hardly out of the first round. The Jazz are at the top of the conference at 14-4 and with a 10-game winning streak. And I'm still sitting here saying first-round exit because that's what they are. Who the f- they beaten in the first round? I'm taking the Nuggets over them. I'm taking the Clippers over them. I'm taking the Lakers over them. And right now, I don't know if I would take the Blazers over them. Mavericks have an ass so far. Actually, maybe they get out of the first round. They'd be the fourth best team in the West right now. 
They play Phoenix in the first round. I don't know. But anyway, that's besides the point. The point I'm trying to make is I'm not saying that the Timberwolves should blow it up because you have a franchise cornerstone, but this ain't it, Chief. This ain't it. So what what do we do? What do we do? You know? Um, to continue on the West, man, Houston fans in general, I don't talk about other sports in this podcast. I won't a lot, but Houston fans are down bad, bro. They lost James Harden and Deshaun Watson like that. And DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my God. It's been a rough couple. It's been like a rough, like, 18 months to be a Houston sports fan, man. You lose D-Hop in probably the worst trade in NFL history, one of the worst trades in NFL history. You lose James Harden because he wants out. Oh, my God. And then Deshaun Watson says, hey, I want out too. Oh, my God. Poor, poor. I feel bad. <laughs> Houston, Houston. I wrote down Houston fans are down bad right now because they are. Um, we'll talk about the Pelicans in a second because we're going to talk about Alonzo here. Let me, I know Horford had a night, right? And I haven't talked about the Thunder at all, but the Thunder is the 11 seed right now. Um, and I mainly have not talked about the Thunder because I don't really care about the Thunder. Um, they're a rebuilding team, right? What is there a lot to say about them? And Al Horford's playing well. He's playing Pretty, what? Al Horford's nickname is Godfather. Didn't know that. Al Horford's playing like Al Horford, but a little bit older. 38% from three. That's the highest since his all-star year in Boston. He shot 42% from three. I used to claim Al Horford was overpaid because he was overpaid for a while. At least the first season with us, he was overpaid, in my opinion. But he's been balling this year so far with OKC, and um. He had a big night the other night, but this was just kind of a topic, a segue to talk about the Thunder as a whole, how good Shea has been. Um, Isaiah Roby has been playing really well, which I was shocked about because I, I hadn't heard the name Isaiah Roby since he was in high school. I completely forgot that that guy existed. And then he just came out and started busting ass for the Thunder. Lou Dort. Lou Dort, man. Lou Dort is turning into something special, bro. If I'm a Thunder fan, I'm excited about Lou Dort. He is crazy good defensively. Oh, my God. And then he's just cashing. He's just shooting so well this year. Hold on. Dort. How do you spell Lou Dort's name? There it is. Laguentes Dort? Lugens Dort? Lugens Dort? Lou Dort. Lou Dort. Dortress. He's shooting the skin. He's shooting 40% from three, man. Averaging 13. He is. Oof. Yeah, effective field goal percentage. He's been killing it, bro. So good for him. Good for the Thunder as a whole because the Thunder are that ideal rebuilding team. You have a stupid amount of assets and you still have a competitive roster. That's crazy. Now they ain't tanking. They ain't tanking for Cade, which is crazy. Like that's another thing too. What team that's gonna be in the lottery most likely is gonna need Cade Cunningham? The Timberwolves have D'Angelo Russell and Ricky Rubio. I guess the Wizards, yeah. Yeah, the Wizards have Russell Westbrook, but who gives a fuck? I'm taking Cade Cunningham. So maybe, maybe Washington gets him, but... I don't know. Cade's not coming into a good situation. If he wants the Clippers, he'd be in a good situation, but... Clippers have been at a couple of trade talks, speaking of them, with uh, Derrick Rose and Lonzo Ball. 
And now Derrick Rose is a very interesting trade package, right? But I think Derrick Rose is a really stupid pickup for um, the Clippers. Because what do the Clippers need in a point guard? Now, to be fair, Derrick Rose has shot well from three, but they really need a... Really? Oh, my God. Five teams that should trade for Lonzo Ball. Anyway, the Derrick Rose trade doesn't make sense to me because Derrick Rose, as great as he is, he's a scoring point guard. He's not a facilitator. And that's what, like, to me, it's not a very a huge upgrade in the facilitating department, you know? Oh, my God. I hate how slow my computer is. I hate the slides. Y'all know, y'all be on the website and it's like, oh, if you want to read the article, you got to hit this. Why would the Thunder trade for Lonzo Ball? This article already sucks. Anyway, yeah. They're looking to move Lonzo and J.J. Redick. I didn't even look at that because J.J.'s been horrible this season so far. Uh, and part of me is like, so I don't think, uh, to get back to the Clippers and Dark Rose thing, I don't think the Clippers should trade for Dark Rose. I don't think it solves their most glaring problem, which is playmaking. I also don't think the Clippers should trade for Lonzo Ball because then you're trotting out a lineup of, well, I mean, the Clippers do have the shooters around him to support him, but it's just hard to build around a point guard who can't even shoot fucking free throws. You know? I don't know. And part of me is like Lonzo fans and people who like Lonzo across the league always talk about how he's just in the wrong situation. Oh, he was in the wrong situation in L.A., but finally he's freed up to play like himself in New Orleans. Oh, he's in the wrong situation in New Orleans. You know, like, what do you want? What do you, what is the perfect situation for Lonzo Ball? Him and four shooters? Because you're not going to get that. You're probably not going to get that. You know, if Lonzo Ball, if Lonzo Ball needs the perfect situation around him to perform even well, He's not a good player. If I surrounded Michael Beasley with the perfect team, which is three and D wins, and I just let Michael Beasley go, he could average in 30. You know, I'm talking like five years ago, but still, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, if you put any player in the ideal situation, they're going to, they should do well. But for Lonzo to play even average, or above average, or meet his draft expectations, he needs to be in this impeccable, perfect situation. Part of me is like, yeah, he goes to the Clippers. Are the Clippers that much better, in my opinion? No, they really aren't. They really aren't that much better, in my opinion. Because what assets are you giving up to get Lonzo Ball if you're the Clippers? I don't know. You tell me. Let's see if they have the Clippers here in this. No, the Nuggets. Why would the Nuggets trade for him? I would rather have Gary Harris right now than Lonzo Ball. Clippers. What could the Clippers give up? Yeah, Lou Will. Lou Will would be the casualty here. Because they've. I think they've been looking to trade Lou Will. He hasn't been playing amazing this season, but... Is that... That's a... That, I don't know if that's an upgrade. I don't know if that's an upgrade. I understand Lou Will hasn't been playing this year, but at the end of the day, he is a force off the bench, right? He is a guy that 
demands the attention of defenses. You know, he has gravity. Lonzo Ball has no gravity to him. So, <laughs> I don't know. And down the stretch of a game, are you, are you, is Lonzo Ball going to be in your closing lineup? Is Lonzo in your closing lineup? Are you running a closing lineup of Lonzo Ball, Luke Kennard, Kawhi, PG, and Ibaka? Or are you swapping out Kennard for Vatum? Are you swapping out Lonzo for Pat Bev? Are Pat Bev and both Lonzo playing? Like, what is the death lineup for this LA team? I, I just, I don't know where Lonzo would go in the NBA and I would go, oh my God, he's a lot better. Or this team's a lot better. You know, to me, like, I just, I don't see Lonzo Ball going anywhere and making a huge, significant impact. I don't, and it's really unfortunate because I was high on this guy coming out of college. I watched him at Chino Hills. I was really excited for him, but I just don't know if he is going to be, you know, this type of... I don't know if he's ever going to be a, a really good player in this league, man. Because we're starting to get to that point with Lonzo Ball where we kind of know what we're going to get from him in terms of his career. And unless he takes some sort of drastic jump that we all don't expect him to take with a jump shot and being more aggressive, it's really the same case as Ben Simmons, except Lonzo's willing to shoot. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, to wrap it up, Lakers lost to the Pistons without AD. But they're still going to win a championship. The Nuggets are starting to play really well. Last I checked, the Nuggets were like the ninth seed, now the fourth seed. So Jokic is playing really well. The Clippers are going to be the Clippers. They better be a good playoff team. I don't give a shit what y'all do in the regular season. And the Jazz. The Jazz have won 10 straight. They've been blowing teams out. They've been shooting the skin off the ball. Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year. It's his to lose, but the Jazz are still a first-round exit. And the Nets are still a second-round exit. Don't you ever forget that. The Nets are a second-round exit. Let's see. What have the Nets been doing in their last 10 games? Oh, they're 7-3. and three. Wow. I was disrespectful for no reason. Still, the Nets are a first-round exit. Or a second-round exit, sorry. Um, That's all my topics today, right? Let me run through the list. Karis injury surgery. Beal. Clippers for D-Rose. Clippers for Lonzo. Horford. Tobias, yeah, all right. Thank y'all so much for listening. Um, I'll be back soon enough. Whenever I get enough topics to talk about, a couple of days, peace.